Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair's senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair's senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. So, uh, obviously, this week we have a lot to talk about related to the Oscars, which took place on Sunday night, so a few nights ago by the time you're listening to this. 48 hours ago. Yeah. Yeah, for us, well, about right. 49 hours. Why, why did I even say that? That will not apply when this comes out. Okay. <laughs> Julie is still in the, I think, LA aftershock hangover phase of like the Oscar madness that happens on Sunday. Right. It's very bizarre. I know. I feel like LA goes through a like, withdrawal period. It's almost like a national, it's like a national holiday, and then it's sort of you, the rest of the, the next few days are kind of days off. It's very weird. There's so much anticipation and then adrenaline buildup. It's just a weird coming down. Anyways, we'll try to keep, we'll try to not let that infuse too much of our analysis. I mean, I thought that the telecast this year was. I feel like it was fine. Yeah, that, I was about to say the same thing. I sort of feel maybe because of last year had the craziness with the La La Land Moonlight ending, which obviously was this huge to-do that became like a weeks-long discussion and pop culture point for everyone. I feel like because there was nothing like that this year, everything felt a little bit subdued or muted or uneventful. Right. It was also Jimmy Kimmel again. Yeah, exactly. So the same host as last year. I didn't love the whole thing where they went across the street to the movie theater. But that sort of felt like a retread of when they brought in the um, people off the tour bus thing last year. I don't know. It felt very similar. And then the winners were all the same winners that had won the whole award season. So I felt like there wasn't also like a shocking winner or anything like that. Right, right. Exactly. I mean, love Frances McDormand. I support any event that like brings her up on stage. Yes. And I feel like that is the one moment from the telecast that's worth noting, which is that her speech was electrifying. I thought like she really, you really had no idea where she was going to go with that. Well, right. Which I feel like she is like the loosest cannon. (laughs) And I want to point out that Julie very early on this award season made a note to that we should talk about Frances McDormand. She was on the Frances McDormand case from like the very, very early stages when there was that crazy profile of her in some publication. I forget what it was. Right. And I believe that we actually recorded a segment devoted to Frances McDormand, but I was so inarticulate that I demanded we scrub it from the archives. Yes, I guess that's true, actually. That's like a little in the limelight hidden gem of a fact. The never heard footage of the Frances McDormand segment that could have been the pretty addictive thing that really would have made us seem like we were on it. But we talked a lot about her son, didn't we? Who was sitting right there with her in the front row. Right. If you guys are not familiar with Francis McDormand's son, Pedro, you need to fire up your Instagrams right now. Pedro McDormand Cohen, um, her adopted son with Joel Cohen. So they have this son who I can't tell you how old he is, but he just... If you needed kind of another way to be tethered to Francis McDormand, <laughs> now that Oscars is over, I suggest following him. He's really cute. They have a really great bond, as you'll be able to see on the feed. He like posts really cute shout outs to her on Mother's Day and her birthday. And I mean, how can you even imagine if Francis McDormand was your mother, Josh? I what what would your world be like? <laughs> I can't, I I have no sense, but I did feel very 
I don't know. I, I really liked the way she shouted them out. Like what she talked about kind of the pride she felt emanating from them. Or I forgot the words she used exactly. Right. But it was very sweet when they showed them in the crowd. And I was thinking to myself, they seemed like a really, I don't know, an idyllic family dynamic. I want to like, go to dinner at their house. I can only imagine what that's like. I agree. It was really cute. I think Pedro had kind of tears in his eyes. Like, yes, cutting away, yes. Cutting away to them. I'm just, I'm imagining if she was my mother, like, would would you have fear in your life? <laughs> I feel like you would just have the courage to walk into any situation. I feel like you'd have a lot of spontaneous... I don't know why I'm going in this route, but I could see like you just wake up one morning and she's decided you're going to go on, you know, a week long trip to Alaska or something. <laughs> you know, I just feel like you never would know what to expect if you, if you were in that family. Anything could be possible. Right, right. But I'm looking at Pedro Cohen's Instagram right now. It's phenomenal. It looks as though he's a private trainer and a stunt actor and he's available for personal appointments. So Josh, I feel like you should really book something with it. I don't know how that got turned into me having to be the sacrificial lamb. Well, because he's in New York. Oh, he's I'm based a- in New York. He's based yes. in New York. Got yes, it. yes, yes. So or maybe I'll come out. I'll I'll do it. But check out his Instagram feed. The last five photos he has posted are devoted to Francis exclusively as they should be. Also, this, I don't know why it's made me think of it. I guess we're talking to nominee adjacent family members, but I followed Margot Robbie's brother on Instagram. Did you see this whole thing? No, I didn't know she had a brother. Is he as attractive as she is? Yes, he's an attractive. He's He kind of doesn't look that much like her, but he's a very attractive Australian blonde. So they have that in common and like surfer wave kind of vibe. But he Instagram storied throughout Oscar night and it was actually pretty great. He kind of commented on all sorts of things like Jane Fonda. He like when Alice and Janney won, he got super excited. He was documenting how much champagne he was drinking. Oh my gosh. Where was he watching? Just I think at home in Australia with his friends. He wasn't there, but she was there with her mom. So he was also kind of screenshotting stuff about his mom and Margot. And then he kind of took a little bit of a joke um, when Margot lost, like, I'm still the favorite child, I guess, or something like that, Pure, very much as a joke. And then, like, did a JK one showing how he was, like, crying when they showed her clip. It was very sweet. And then by the end, he was, like, wasted. But it was it was very cute. Oh, my God. How did I not know about this? I wish I could go back and watch yeah. the story. Can you watch? Yes, I actually think... Gosh, I'm doing such a public service announcement right now. I believe... His story is, you know, how you can save a story on your profile. I think his story is saved. So it's still up, Julie. You can watch it. Uh. So, but let's go back to Francis because I want to ask you, Julie's party report is delightful. If you haven't read it yet, you need to check it out. She documents kind of the Vanity Fair Oscar party, the way in which Francis was kind of... I guess misplaced what so I'm you need to fill me in on this because I also know there's been all these stories about how her Oscar got stolen but that's separate from this right but she I guess was trying to find her Oscar at the Vanity for Oscar party right 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 knowing my affinity my fondness for Frances McDormand I zeroed in on her the second she walked into the Vanity Fair Oscar party and she was in a state as I imagine you would be you or I would be if we had just won and commanded that incredible moment at the Oscars we would be so hyped up on adrenaline I don't know where she came from but it 
looks as though she had tequila where she was. She walked in with her son Pedro, her husband, and an amazing little entourage, made her way pretty quickly to the smoking patio. And within moments, minutes, I would say, of her being there, she had already misplaced her Oscar. But she was like frenzied. There was so much going on. I I can understand that. But it was kind of funny because I feel like in the Frances McDormand, like power ranking of priorities in life, awards are so far down the list. That, <laughs> right, like, right. <laughs> the Oscar itself didn't matter that much to her. I think she's even joked about them just being like doorstops. Yeah. But uh, she, she kind of made sure that someone in her entourage <laughs> had the Oscar in safekeeping. She made a joke that I didn't put in the party report like, look, it's like the same size as Gene. <laughs> I have no idea who Gene is. But I'm guessing he's a very small man. Oh my god, dying to know who Frances McDormand's gene friend is. <laughs> so she made sure that her friend had the Oscar, and she turned to Pedro and she told him, we have to go find Chloe Kim. I did not realize she was such a huge snowboarding fan. Josh, did you know she was a snowboarding fan, a fan of Chloe Kim? No, no, not at all. I mean, I obviously heard it in her speech, but actually when she mentioned Chloe in her speech... I don't know. She doesn't, I wouldn't have thought, I guess the Olympics transcends all types, but I wouldn't have seen Frances McDormand as the type to kind of be, you know, settling in on her couch at night, firing up the Olympic telecast. But right. sounds like she is a huge uh, Olympics fan, or at least Chloe Kim fan. And of all the Winter Olympic sports, I wouldn't have pegged her for snowboarding. <laughs> Don't know what, what she would have been in my mind, but it's just surprising to me. Josh, what did she say in her speech? She said, I imagine this is what it feels like to pull off. Yeah, the 1080s of Chloe Kim or something like that. But did she find Chloe? Was was Chloe Kim at the party? Did she find Chloe Kim? Chloe Kim was not at the party. Spoiler Uh, alert. (laughs) But that didn't stop her. That didn't stop her from from looking. It was kind of amazing that I was there to witness the beginning of this mission because for the next, I'd say, hour. Francis was so focused. You have never seen anyone so focused on finding anyone in your life, but it was very hard for her to search out Chloe Kim because the party was so packed, mm. number one, but everybody wanted to congratulate her. So she would right. make it a few feet into the party and be stopped. She was stopped by James Corden, who wanted to say, like, oh, do you remember me? Like, we once worked together on something. And she had this very wonderful way of, like, politely saying, yes, yes, of course. But then telling each person, okay, I'm going to go find Chloe Kim now. She strikes me as the type who wouldn't be super... Uh up on who all the different famous people are or did you get the sense of if she kind of knew who everyone was or when people were coming up to her i mean i guess at this point she's been at enough fancy parties that you just have to i guess but like she's not doesn't seem like a hollywood type in any way i get the sense that she knows who everybody is and Mm -hmm. she just doesn't care (laughs) right it's amazing unless you were chloe kim so she was kind of like worming snaking her way through this party pedro loyally was behind her like willing to indulge her in this moment, she had her glass of tequila and was just like off to the races. 
kept being stopped by well-wishers. I heard her, like, murmur a few times. <laughs> like, going to find the snowboarder, she ran into Abby Cornish. Wow, so she really was just laser-focused on finding Chloe. Laser-focused until she confronted this waiter who was holding fried chicken. All the food was prepared by Thomas Keller, that amazing chef who has French laundry, per se. And he had created this incredible fried chicken that they passed out in, like, the Vanity Fair version of KFC buckets. Everybody was kind of like popping a hand in and taking one piece of the chicken. Not for Frances. She took the entire bucket of her of the chicken and the waiter was so confused by like what had just happened. Oh <laughs> he God. stood there for 30 seconds stunned and he said something to me like I can't believe she just stole the entire thing. But he knew who she was or no? He knew who she was but he wasn't really giving her a pass. <laughs> I like how to this waiter, even though you win Best Actress at the Oscars and you're at the Oscar party after, you shouldn't necessarily take that bucket of chicken. That's a little too far. Social norms still apply for this waiter. Yeah, like social norms still apply. So she had her chicken, she had her tequila, and she went into the dance studio area. Frances McDormand marched her way through the dancers on the dance floor up to the DJ. She plopped her bucket of chicken down, (laughs) offered the DJ a piece, which I I love. I love that in her mind, like she's trying to share share this, this wonderful moment with the DJ. And then she leans in and about 30 seconds go by with her whispering. I thought she was requesting a song and she went onto the dance floor Oh. As she did that, I went over to the DJ asked, what did what did Francis McDormand say? And he's again, he was also confused like the waiter. He said she she said something about Chloe Kim. <laughs> Francis was on the dance floor again with such intensity. She does everything with such intensity, whether it's grabbing the chicken, searching out Chloe Kim, accepting an Oscar, or in this case, dancing. And she just, uh, like, these moves, they were all mom moves, like, variations of, like, the lawnmower, but done with such, such fervor, like, that she looked cool doing them. People kind of (laughs) circled around her, and she would just pull them in with her to dance. She was just really, really enjoying this moment. Pedro was off to the side, just kind of laughing as he watched. So she danced for, like, 90 seconds. I mean, it felt like an eternity. (laughs) But then she went back to the DJ booth, collected her fried chicken, and was about to make her way out, but she saw Sam Rockwell, her co-star from Three Billboards. She also offered him a piece of chicken. (laughs) He took a piece, he ate it, they put the bucket down, and they went back onto the dance floor and engaged in this incredible, I would say, like, Pulp Fiction-type moment. I can totally see that. That sounds, like, when you just said that, I could completely visualize it. Right? It was like a scene from a movie. It felt choreographed. They were so in sync in that moment. It was incredible. But so they did that. She whispered something in his ear. I imagine I'm going to go find Chloe Kim and went back into into the main dance room party with her bucket of chicken, Pedro in tow. And then I love that Sam Rockwell then pulled Leslie Bibb, his girlfriend, onto the dance floor. They seem very in love. Side note. So, yeah, I love her. She's like, I mean, I wasn't super familiar with her until this award season, but their dynamic just seems really great. 
Right. So Frances went back in the room. She tried to find Chloe Kim. She offered a bunch of people pieces of chicken. Didn't find Chloe Kim, but Josh, there are some incredible photos that we will post on our Instagram. One is of Frances McDormand meeting Kobe Bryant. And Uh. you have never seen two people so just like incredulous that they're meeting each other. Oh, amazing. That's so great. Wow, Francis's expression here is amazing. If you had told me at the beginning of this award season that it would end with me looking at a photo of Francis McDormand and Kobe Bryant, both Oscar winners, uh, I would not. That that is not the duo I would have predicted. Let's put it that way. Right? It's so good. I do love this photo. I do love this photo. She really seems to. You know, I actually. I feel like you've said this before, but. She has it down. She knows how to handle life, I feel. Like, she really does need to maximize the enjoyment and minimize the stress that the rest of us feel day to day. I don't know how she's cracked that code, but I want more information from her. She really seems to have done the party right, too. She just went in with a single-minded focus. She walked around. She danced. She ate the chicken. She tried to find the people she wanted to find. She didn't be, you know, I feel like people don't, people play it coy. She just goes for what she wants, which I love. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That was the Frances McDormand of it all. Let's talk about the other parties because, Josh, I did not realize that Beyonce was hosting a competing party with the Vanity Fair celebration. Yeah, I mean, I guess, well, it's a confusing... This party is a strange one. I feel like we haven't seen any photos from it and we don't know a lot about it. Everything is coming from these kind of uh, source-filled you know, quotes from sources, but we don't really know much. But it sounds very intriguing. So it was held at, Julie, maybe you've witnessed this scene, the, the Chateau Marmont garage. Um, So not actually in the hotel itself, I guess, but in the garage area. Um, And it says, close friends with Jay-Z didn't even know if they were invited. So everything was very mysterious and exclusive. And then one of the sources told page six, it took some masterful maneuvers to pull this off and they enjoyed it so much. They want to make it annual, keeping it as much as DL as possible. So I guess the garage there was turned into a casino themed space. And then the VIPs had to go up a hill past the hotel, went into the kitchen and then down a back entrance into the garage. No photographers, no carpet. And Julie, apparently if you were going to this party, you weren't supposed to refer to them by name, Jay-Z and Beyonce, but you're only supposed to call them the host and hostess. Wow. Oh but my it's goodness. kind of crazy. I mean, I guess I guess it's sort of um, people go to something like the Andy Fair party to have their photograph taken and then they go elsewhere to have, you know, no photos taken and be able to kind of really let loose. Is that the idea? Right, right. Do they just really like the Oscars? <laughs> and they wanted to throw an after party? Well, I, that's, I again, agree. Like, I don't really understand. It seems like that would make sense if this was an exclusive, you know, Grammys, VMAs. Obviously, they're, you know, 
they occasionally star in films, but it does seem a little bit unexpected. I think it had something to do with his um, liquor line or something related to his alcohol. Oh, um, interesting. But it says that, I don't know how Page Six is aware about this since it was so top secret, but according to them, Rihanna, Stevie Wonder, Drake were among the people there. Daniel Kalua from Get Out. Um, so they got some great people. Right. I heard that everyone who went had to sign an NDA and the invitation, um, apparently Intel from someone who disregarded that NDA <laughs> said that there was no sitting allowed, only dancing, which I feel like, Josh, we're going to put that on the invite to our next party. No sitting allowed. I don't know about that. I feel like that would be a deterrent for me. To, well, we don't really sit much at parties, though, either. I guess I like that. Right, right. It, it It is interesting that they hosted it at the Chateau Marmont, which is kind of famous for always having paparazzi just waiting outside because right. they know celebrities are going to be there. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Have you been to this garage area? It seems pretty public. Like, I'm surprised no photos have gotten out. Well, when you walk up the driveway um, and into the hotel, if you look to the left, you can can see into the garage so it's right there at the front and i get why but also if they knew they were going to have to choreograph this like elaborate situation why not host it elsewhere why not have it somewhere very private right. agreed so it's kind of an interesting maybe they're just almost flaunting at this point that they can do a super private party in such a public place that's a good call wait speaking of drake did you get to see him at all at the vanity fair party uh, did I ever? I can't believe I didn't even bring up Drake. He he rolled in with an entourage of three people. And then lastly, I know we want to quickly reflect on the other big party of the night, which was Madonna's. I love reflect. <laughs> reflect. Meditate on. This one, I feel like, was more... This party happens every year, I know. It's always held at Madonna's manager's house. And... They got some interesting celebs. They have Kim Kardashian, Cardi B, Jennifer Lawrence, Margot Robbie, Timothy, and then a ton of others. Leonardo DiCaprio, Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Aniston, Emma Stone, looks like Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth. But it says Madonna was dancing up a storm all night. She and Margot Robbie were on the floor at one point. She spent a lot of time with Kim and Cardi. Madonna and Cardi are talking about a collaboration on Madonna's upcoming album. Wow, this might be, I feel like this assortment is my favorite of the evening. I feel it's a wild, it's a, cause I feel like it infuses it with more like Kim and Cardi. It's a whole different kind of a celeb. Right. And then, and there's this part, this Instagram, I don't know if you saw it before Julie, but it's Madonna, Kim and Cardi. I have not seen that. Wow. They're peering through. It's unclear if it was a photo booth dynamic or how it's sort of oriented. Oh, but wow. I did not see this. It looks, it's very posed. It's, yes. there's a lot to dissect here. It's almost like a big white sheet with three slits in it. And then Madonna, Kim and Cardi and each one featured. But Julie, I'm dying to do a photo like this with you at some point. I don't know who our third will be. Right. You get to wear the leather newsboy cap that <laughs> and, and, you'll wear those wearing. Sh- and you can do Cardi's shades kind of hanging low. Right. I would pay so much money to hear what Cardi and Jennifer Lawrence, like I just imagine they had a long conversation. I would love to mm-hmm. know what they discussed. 
And fun fact, which I had sort of forgotten, but Timothy Chalamet, uh, who Us Weekly says kept to himself throughout much of the bash, <laughs> dated, which I feel like is an interesting <laughs> detail, um, dated Madonna's daughter when they were students in high school. Lourdes Leone. I love that so much. Well, I do feel like people have brought, I don't know if people have tried to bring it up with him, but it's sort of been out there and he's very reticent to discuss, but I feel like he did say something nice about her and I think they're still close. And Josh, did you see last week when Jennifer Lawrence, she was doing a ton of press for Red Sparrow and she said that she thought Timothy Chalamet was very hot. Did you see that? Yeah, she said she wanted to wait. I think she said something. It was very Jennifer Lawrence fashion, a little off the cuff and, you know... Her, her typical, I don't even know how you describe it, <laughs> but that, what was it? She wanted to like, be, like get him ready for the slaughter, like a pig to the slaughter or something Right, like that. right. She said that and he then, was a little too young for her. Yeah. So she wanted him to just wait <laughs> a exactly. couple of years. Until he's, until he's 30. And then I think she said, then she's ready to like go in there. Right. And then they, and then they asked him about it. I think at the independent spirit awards, and he, you know, he's always so earnest and sweet. He said something, you know, charming about it. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah. What did he say? What did he say? I think he said something like, Jennifer Lawrence, like, oh, man, it's Jennifer Lawrence. Like, you know, just kind of oh. taking in the enormity of that she was, you know. And I don't know why this is making me think of this, but did you also see the Brad Pitt, Tiffany Haddish thing? No. So in sort of similar fashion, at the Oscars, Kelly Ripa interviewed Tiffany Haddish backstage and said something like, can we do a F, kill, marry kind of style <sighs> game? And she was, of course, down. She's super fun. And the, it was like Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Javier Bardem was the trio she was given. And Tiffany said, uh, before she answered, she said something like, oh, Brad, I just was in an elevator with him. And he told me if we're both single in a year, we'll get together. So, wow. What? <laughs> I know. Josh, what then, do you think led to the, him saying that? And then I think Kelly said something which I loved. Uh, Kelly Ripa said something like, oh, well, um, why do you have to wait a year for that? You know, Tiffany, <laughs> like, go, like, go for it now. And then she said, no, he said, we have to wait a year. And then she made some joke about not knowing if she wanted to marry into having like six kids. Oh, Got it. Well, did she ever answer the question? <laughs> yeah, she said, I think she said, marry Brad, date uh, George. And then Javier was the one she wanted to toss because she didn't know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think led like, I know, to Brad I'm dying saying to know that? About this I'm dying to know about every, I want a full transcript of that elevator ride between Tiffany and Brad. In my mind, the only thing that could lead to him saying that is Tiffany just asking him out and saying like, I Straight think we, up. Should, exactly. right, I think we exactly. should be together now. Yeah, I feel like she's not the type to, you know, play around. She's she a mince words. <laughs> yes, exactly. And he just tried to play it off saying like in a year. I would love to see Tiffany as a host or either with Maya Rudolph, who she presented with, maybe as with Brad. Who knows? I feel like she'd be great to get into the mix for hosting the Oscars. Oh, I would love that so much. Well, Josh, if you could go to either Madonna's Oscar night party or can't or sorry, Beyonce's, who whose would you go to? Knowing that these were the guest lists. 
You know, I kind of feel Madonna's crew sounds fun. I feel the it's hard to ever say you wouldn't pick a Beyonce-hosted event, so I don't know if I really feel confident about this answer, but the the crowd at uh, the Madonna party just seems really fun and eclectic and unusual. Wow. What about you? This is like what a historic moment the first time. Someone said they wouldn't pick a Beyonce party. What did, What would you say? I just I feel like there's no information at this Beyonce party. It was so secretive. You can't Instagram from it, you know? Right. And I feel like Madonna's this guest list is just like perfect for people watching. Just the insane mm-hmm. encounters and interactions we would see there. Yeah. I feel like you got some real wild cards mixed in. <laughs> right. Um which I feel like adds for a little bit of a... I mean, because you have, like, where else can you see Amy Adams and Cardi B, you know? Right. It just doesn't <laughs> so, happen. I, I like that. Um, Julie, what was your lasting, though? Uh, like, did you have one... I think it must be Francis-related, but was there one lasting moment that's going to stick with you from this particular award season Oscar night? I mean, the Francis of it all and just just the the conclusion that I can never spend another Oscar night away from you. I know. We, and it won't happen again. <laughs> over <laughs> our over our dead body fried chicken strewn floor. Oh no, God, we're really going off the rails. All right. Well on that note, I think that was like a very complete Oscar party recap. Oh also one sorry, one final note. I feel like we, I can't believe we've gone this whole episode without saying there was a rumor that Harry and Meghan were going to present at the Oscars. Did you see that? I feel like Meghan started that rumor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that uh, uh, Laney Gossip, a gossip site, which is pretty uh, reputable about this kind of stuff, said that the discussions actually got kind of far, but then security concerns got in the way. But like former presidents have presented and such, right? So I feel like they could have figured out a way. Comparing Meghan Markle to the former president, I feel like the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences was like, Meghan who? No. Oh my. Well, it didn't happen, obviously. But that does it for this week's episode of In the Limelight. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Let us know what your favorite Oscar night photos, memories, encounters. Right. I don't know. If you were at the Beyonce party, let us know. Yeah, if you were at the Beyonce party, (laughs) let us know. Risk your NDA. Um, Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. Uh, I'm Jay Duboff. Uh, We also are on Instagram, In the Limelight Pod. Uh, this episode was uh, edited and produced by Daniel Roth. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Until, Until then, then, no bad no energy. Bad energy. <laughs>